as some of you probably know, football season when it comes to the college world is coming to a close. Um, and so that means college basketball is getting ready to start. Uh, if you're familiar with college basketball, you may be familiar with Coach John Wooden, uh, one of the most legendary, if not the most legendary, college basketball coach there has ever been. Uh, he coached for about 30 years, and most of that time he spent coaching the teams at UCLA. Uh, his record is just outstanding, it's incredible. His teams, over the course of his years of coaching, won over 80% of their, their games they played. Four of his teams at UCLA never lost a game on those particular seasons. And at one point, his teams at UCLA won 88 consecutive games in a row. And then over the course of a 12-year span, his teams won 10 NCAA championships. I mean, again, arguably the, the best coach that there's ever been when it comes to college basketball. Now, imagine if you can, as being one of these recruits, you're one of the best players in the nation, and you come to UCLA, you go to that first practice, and you're thinking, I'm already a really good athlete. I know that this coach is going to just give me a couple of pointers, and I'm just going to excel. We're going to win championships. You know, there's all these big things, big vision that's happening here. Well, the very first practice, here's what would happen. Coach Wooden would walk into the locker room and he'd say these words, take off your shoes and socks. I'm going to show you the proper way to put them on. And so over the next few moments, Coach Wooden would talk to these elite athletes about the proper way to put on their socks and the proper way to put on their shoes. He would talk about their socks like, hey, you don't want any wrinkles in it. You don't want any gaps there. You want to make sure the heel of your foot is in the heel of the sock. You don't want any bumpy areas. And then when you're putting on your shoes, you want to make sure you tie them really, really tight. You don't want there to be any room between your feet and, and the shoe itself because you don't want it to rub because if you do that, you're going to get blisters. And then he'd give them this lesson and then he would walk out of the room and go out to the basketball court. Now, again, you're, you're one of these new recruits. You're probably thinking, what have I got myself into, right? This, this guy is crazy. But they'd go on the court and hear the words that Coach Wooden would say. Again, every single year, he'd say, that's your first lesson. You see, if there are wrinkles in your socks or your shoes aren't tied properly you'll develop blisters. With blisters, you'll miss practice. If you miss practice, you don't play. And if you don't play, we cannot win. If you want to win championships, you must take care of the smallest of details. For many of us, or all of us, it's a brand new year, and you're probably thinking through goals and resolutions for 2022. You're probably thinking through relationships, you're probably thinking about your physical body, your mental health, spiritual well-being, and part of doing that is you, you look back at 2021 and you're like, well, this was the good, here's the bad, and there was definitely some, some ugly that happened. And so if you look back at 2021, you, you look into 2022 and say, well, I hope I can keep doing this good stuff, I really want to fix the bad, and I want to get rid of the ugly. And so we'll take the time then to set these goals to put a plan in place and to begin to work towards making these goals come true. But most of these goals and resolutions we set for ourselves, and if you think about it, they are huge. These are those big, hairy, audacious goals that we set up. And I mean, I think if we were honest with ourselves, sometimes they're just almost impossible to reach. And, and instead of giving ourselves grace as we work through reaching these big old goals, when we slip up, Here's what we do. We just stop. 
Research actually shows that most people are done with their resolutions and goals for a new year by the second Friday of January. So if you make it to January 15th, you've been a success this year, all right? So work towards January the 15th. But we, we see these big things. We come up with these big ideas and these big plans. And we're like, I can do this. And so let's talk about weight loss, because that tends to be one that so many people focus on. And so you're like, I'm going to lose 25 pounds. And, and so you're like, I'm just going all in. And, and like you don't eat. And then you work out like six hours a day. And you can't figure out why you're tired and worn out and can't function. It's like, I got this big old goal. I want to make this happen. I, and I'm going to make it happen in two weeks. Well, that's not the way this works. We know what the reality is. If we want to reach those goals that we have, if we want to make these resolutions come true, it's not going all in from the very beginning. It's those small things that we do, the small details that we think about that can make the biggest difference that we're looking for in our life. And so that's why we began a brand new series today called Bless. Because sometimes when we think about this idea of blessing other people, it's kind of like goals and resolutions. We, we think in these big ways. We, we think about these, these big events that we can do. And we think about these big volunteer opportunities that are, that are out there. We, we think so huge. We think if we do these big things, it's going to change the world. Now, as a church, we do some big events. We do have some opportunities that are volunteer-oriented that are big. But in the big scheme of things, those big things aren't really what changes the world. What changes the world and what changes people's lives come from the small things, the small details that you and I focus on on a daily basis. And so as we begin this brand new year, as we begin 2022, I'm going to challenge us to take some small steps in our life that honestly will make a huge, big difference in the lives of others. And if we take these steps, it's going to, it's going to have the power to impact and influence families and friends, our offices, our community, this church, and, and our world. And so as we head into this brand new year, here's this question that I want to throw out. I'm going to be asking some questions and answering them all day today, but, but here's this main question for us to focus on this year. What if 2022 was all about you and me blessing the lives of others? What if that was our year? Now, the question, though, is why would we even do this? Well, this actually goes back all the way to the book of Genesis. In the very first book in the Old Testament, we read these words from God to a, a guy whose name is Abram. His name is changed to Abraham a little bit later. But we read this in Genesis chapter 12, starting with verse 1. It says, The Lord had said to Abram, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you to a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous. And you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. In a few short verses here, we see this word bless five times. And it actually culminates in these four blessings that God gives to Abraham. Now, we're not, not going to spend any time talking about those first three blessings that are there. Because those first three blessings, they're all for Abraham specifically. And we're actually going to talk more about those uh, in, in a few series. We, we've got a plan to, to look through the life of Abraham and kind of see what we can learn from him. So I'm not going to talk about those today, but I want to focus on that last blessing. That last thing that God says to Abraham, he says, all the families on earth will be blessed through you. Because that blessing that God gives to Abraham is not just for Abraham. 
That is a blessing that still is blessing your life and my life today because that last blessing right there is all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus being sent by God to this earth for all of humanity. And so this blessing is told to Abraham, but it's meant for you and for me today. Which means if we can understand that that blessing is for us, then we should be living this life that is blessing the lives of others. But you may be wondering, okay, what does this mean? What is this blessing towards other people? What does this look like? I mean, how, how do we kind of live this out? What's sort of the, the idea behind this? Well, I, I love what happens in Matthew chapter 22. Starting with verse 34, it says, But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees with his reply, they met together to question him again. I'm talking about Jesus here. One of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with this question, Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? You ever had one of those days where the questions, like, they just don't end? And if you got kids, you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? Like, they ask so many questions that by the end of the day, they're asking questions that don't even make sense. They're just trying to get underneath your skin. They're just trying to make you upset. They're trying to bother you. Well, sometimes the questions we get aren't just these questions that don't make sense. Sometimes these questions that we get in life feel like someone's trying to shoot an arrow right through our heart. Here's Jesus who's having one of those days. These religious leaders, they're upset with his teachings. And so this particular day, they've been asking him all these really hard questions, and they're, they're trying to trap him. Uh, they're, they're trying to catch him in a lie. They're trying to find some reason to arrest him. They're, they're trying to get him off the streets because they know, hey, if, if we can get rid of Jesus, if we can get him away from people, then we can kind of get our lives back. We, we can get our lifestyle back. We can live the way that we've been living. But Jesus is causing some problems here. But I love the way that Jesus answers these guys because he answers with grace and humility and truth every single time. But they throw this trick question at him. They're like, Jesus, what's the most important commandment in Scripture? Look at verse 37. Jesus says, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. So we read those words there from Jesus, and in the, in the church world, we've kind of condensed those, right? We've condensed them into love God and love people. Now, these aren't things and ideas and teachings Jesus comes up with on, on his own. These are teachings that have been part of the, the Jewish faith for centuries before Jesus came to earth. In fact, we find these statements of faith um, about the Jewish law in the books of Deuteronomy, where we find the love God peace, and the book of Leviticus, where we find the love people peace. By the way, if in 2022, your goal is to read through the Bible do not start with Deuteronomy or Leviticus. You'll be done way before January 14th comes, all right? But that's what Jesus does. He pulls these two things that are so important to that faith and, and really gives us the centerpiece for what we know as Christianity today. He says, love God and love people. Now, if we think about those two statements, if we, we think about what Jesus says here in Matthew 22, really what he's getting to is that everything in our life is about one thing. It's about relationships. It's about the relationship we have with God, and it's about the relationship that we have with, with people. 
And, and I think sometimes we forget how important our relationships, specifically with people, how important they are. Because we, we forget that those relationships we have with, with people are really the most important assets that you and I have in our life. We think the stuff that we have are these assets that we can carry with us, and it's our bank account, and it's our income, and it's our house, and the things that are in it, but it's not. The most important asset you and I have in our life are the relationships that we have with others, and of course, with God. But if we're talking about these people relationships that we have, if you and I follow Jesus, we are now called to bless those relationships that we have with others. Maybe that's people in our home. Maybe that's people we work with in our neighborhoods, even here in this place, in this church. And so are we working to bless those relationships in our life? Because sometimes when we think about what Jesus says here, when he talks about loving God and loving people, we get focused on the emotion that's there. And that's just a part of it. See, loving people means that we are doing something. There's an action there. There's a purpose behind that love that we have. And so blessing others means we are fully loving them. And when we're fully loving someone and blessing them in their life, the outcome of that, of that blessing that we share with them, is that they're taking their next steps towards Jesus. We see this happen throughout Jesus' life, where he blesses someone's life, and you see them take these next steps to follow him, and, and we see kind of the impact of, of that in their life. Uh, there's a great example of this in the book of Luke. In Luke chapter 5, starting with verse 1, it says, One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Here we have Jesus, and he's doing his thing. He's preaching, he's teaching. There's people there, and it seems like there's more and more people that are showing up, and they're getting into his personal space a little bit. And he's right there on the shoreline of the Sea of Galilee, and he's like, I don't really know where I'm going to go. And so there's these two empty boats that the fishermen have left there. And uh, it's because the fishermen, are, they're out in the water. They're, they're washing their nets. Um, they just got back from a, a fishing job, you know, fishing trip. Uh, they're cleaning their nets. They're repairing their equipment. They're cleaning their equipment. They're checking it. And they're getting ready to take their next trip to go out on the water and to go fishing again. But look at verse 3. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. I love this part of the story because we don't have any mention of Jesus actually asking to do this. Like he just gets out and steps in one of those boats. Um, it'd be kind of like you and I going down to Old Town Alexandria today, right there on the waterfront. You know, those really nice boats that are always there that don't seem to go anywhere. You know what I'm talking about. Like, but it's like if you were just to go stand on one of them, <laughs> which is not something that we recommend you do. But it's kind of that same idea. Jesus just kind of jumps on this boat and, and one of those fishermen are, are there. Uh, in the water, he's washing his nets. The, this guy named Simon, we know him better as, as Peter, and we find that out here a little bit later in the, the story. But Jesus is like, hey, dude, can, can you jump in the boat with me? Can you push it out from shore a little bit? Because I, I want to do a little bit extra teaching. Now, I, I wonder what, what, what Peter's thinking about this moment. Like, who is this dude? Why is he asking me this question? Well, what does he think he's doing getting in my boat without asking? I mean, I'm sure all these questions are going through Peter's head. Look at verse 4. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. 
Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. So Jesus finishes teaching. He says to Peter, he's like, hey, man, why don't we go out? Why don't we go a little bit deeper? Let's go fishing. And Simon's response, Peter's response is, (laughs) we already did that. Like we, we fished all night and we didn't catch anything, which is probably very similar to some of our fishing experiences that we've had. Right. You know, you go out for a few hours, you don't catch anything. It's terrible. But, but I, I find there's a funny piece to this because here's the carpenter who's telling this professional fisherman, hey, let's go out and let's catch some fish. What's interesting is that Peter doesn't fight back. Now, he, he does say, look, we've worked all night. We're really, really tired. But there's something about Jesus where Peter just can't say no. And maybe in his mind he's thinking, what have I got to lose? Or maybe in his mind he's thinking, let's go show this carpenter who's really boss. I mean, we know this is not a great time to be fishing. But for some reason, Peter follows Jesus' request. Look at verse 6. And this time their nets were so full of fish they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. So they go out, they drop their nets on this one boat, and it's so full of fish, they can't even bring them all in the boat. Their boat's starting to sink. They call the other boat in. The other boat comes in. There's so much fish, that one begins to sink. I mean, this is an abnormal amount of fish that are being caught here. Verse 8, when Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh, Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Peter can't believe what he has just experienced. And it says here that he falls on his knees in front of Jesus and is just like, I'm not worthy. And then it says that his business partners, they, they see and get to experience this miracle and they're amazed at what happened. And I find it interesting, too, that Jesus says, don't be afraid, right? It goes back to what we talked about in our series uh, over the Christmas holidays uh, about the, the one. When the, the shepherds were there and the angel came and was like, hey, don't be afraid. Jesus uses that same phrase here. But he says, don't be afraid. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to leave your profession. I, I want you to leave your livelihood. I want you to leave everything. And I want you to follow me. And as we look at this event here, we find that that's exactly what they did. They left everything to follow Jesus. Now you're probably sitting there right now and you're thinking to yourself, okay, but what does this have to do with me blessing the lives of other people? Well, if you look here at what takes place and what we see, Jesus blesses Peter with something tangible, with these fish. And through that blessing, Peter gets the opportunity to see Jesus at work. He gets an opportunity to say, hey, this Jesus guy, he's he's real. Now, it's possible Peter knew Jesus on some level. Maybe it was by name, reputation. Maybe they had crossed paths, which is probably probable uh, based on where this is and where Jesus kind of hung out. But but I'm I'm guessing when, when Jesus jumped into that boat, Peter already has some inclination that something's happening. Now, course Peter's there and there's all these people who are listening to Jesus teach and so that may have been a part of it but but there's these questions that he probably has about Jesus he's wondering about Jesus and once Jesus blesses Peter Peter is willing to leave everything to follow 
Jesus. You ever had someone in your life that influenced you in such a way that it, it changed you into the person you are today? And I mean that in a good way. That you are who you are today because someone invested in you and influenced you in such a way that you are the person you are today. Maybe they influenced you to go to a particular college. It changed your life. Maybe it's the job that you have. Maybe it's a dating relationship, your, your marriage, whatever it may be. But there's someone who invested in you in such a way that you are a different person. You are a better person today because of that person investing in your life. For those of us that are followers of Christ, you are probably a follower of Jesus today because of the relationship that you had with someone else in your life. Rarely does someone come to follow Jesus on their own. It happens, but most of the time it's because of this relationship that you have with someone else in your life. It was a family member, it was a friend, it was a teacher, it was a coach, it was a co-worker, it was a neighbor. There was something about this relationship that you had with someone else that changed you to the point of where you got to this place of like, hey, I, I want to follow Jesus now. And maybe the biggest thing was you didn't hear from them, hey, what can I get from you, right? Because that seems to be what life is. It's what can I get from you? What can I get out of you? They live this life that seem to be asking this question, hey, how can I bless you in your life? And because of that, you are a different person today. They understood what God was telling Abraham when he said, hey, I'm going to bless all people through you. And they understand who Jesus is, and they follow Jesus, and they understood that their role in life was now to bless others around them. Because that's what we see happening with Peter here. Peter's blessed by Jesus, and he leaves everything to follow Jesus. But what does Peter do with that? Does he hold on to it? Does he hide it? Does he say, hey, thanks for that blessing. I'm good. No, Peter then goes out into the world, and he blesses others. Because if we go and we look at the book of Acts, we look at the history of the start of the church, that's what we see over and over and over again. We see Peter blessing the lives of others. He only gets there because someone, Jesus, blessed his life too. And maybe if you and I are followers of Jesus, we're called to do the exact same thing. We're called to bless the lives of others. We're called to love people fully. We're called to help people take their next steps towards Jesus. But here's what I know. There's always things that keep us from being people who bless people. Uh, for instance, I think for some of us, we make lots of excuses uh, my first job was in the, before I decided to go into ministry, I was in the insurance industry. And um, every single Monday morning at 7.30 a.m., we had sort of a, a numbers, a, a metrics meeting. And uh, when, when I first started, I, I would go to those meetings, and if I didn't reach my numbers, you know, the, the district manager there, he'd ask me, me why. And I'd give him excuses. Uh, you name it, I probably used that excuse. And part of that was I was very young. Another part of that, I was really scared of this particular guy. But, um, but one day, he, he just said, all right, he said, stop for a moment. And he's like, I just want to give you some really some good words of advice, Chad. And I was like, oh yeah, what, what is this? 
But I can't actually share those with you because of the words he used, all right? Because of the setting we're in. I'll let you figure it out. But here was what his point was. His point was, everyone has excuses. We use excuses a lot in our life of why we didn't finish the work, why we didn't start the work, why we're late, why we didn't do our homework, why we didn't make that call, why we didn't respond to that text message. I mean, we're really good at making excuses in life in general. And I think sometimes we're really good at making excuses when it comes to blessing other people. And very often the reason that we say we, don't, we can't bless someone else's life is because my schedule, my time is so taken. I'm too busy, I'm working long hours, our kids have crazy schedules, I'm overwhelmed with life, and so I don't have any time to bless the lives of others. And so over and over, we make these excuses of why we can't bless other people. But then for others of us, it may not be that we're making excuses. It may be that we live in this world of of me. If you go back to those goals and resolutions that you've set for 2022, and you were to think about whatever your list may look like, how many of those are focused on you? Probably almost every single one, if not every single one. And probably quite a bit of those are about your physical body or your mental well-being. Maybe you threw in a couple of spiritual goals this year. But as you think about all these things, you're like, here's the things that I want to change about me. And don't get me wrong, those are important. We we should be focused on areas of our life that we're changing and we're, we're doing better in. But God didn't call us to live in our me world. God called us to live in the world that we're part of, in this this we world. And our lives are supposed to be about sharing the blessing of Jesus with the world we live in. Again, I'm not saying we shouldn't focus on these areas in our life. What I'm saying is, what would it look like for us to add to our goals in 2022 to be a blessing to others? Now, you may be wondering, why is this important? Well, I think there's no better time than right now to be a group of people who are blessing the lives of others. Because over the holidays, if you've had conversations with family members or friends, co-workers, neighbors, you are probably hearing a lot of the same things that I hear, that people are struggling. Then when you begin to have conversations with people and ask how they're really doing, you're going to find out people are struggling when it comes to their mental health, that there's financial concerns, that relationships are fractured, that marriages are crumbling. Like there's a lot of brokenness in our world. And in this brokenness, it feels like there's so little that people are putting their faith and trust in. And you know what those friends and family members and coworkers and neighbors are looking for? They're looking for something they can hope in. They're looking for something they can put their trust in. And it could be that your relationship with someone in your life is the catalyst for change that they need right now, which means that you and I, if we say we follow Jesus, we understand that blessing that we've been given, and we're living our life on purpose. And this year, we are doing all we can to bless others. But who are these people that we're blessing? Well, it just depends on who you are and who, uh, which relationships you have that you're committed to, that are important to you. Uh, For some of you, it may be the one. We talked about this in our series um, during Christmas. We said, who are the people in your life, or who's the one person in your life that you know that's far from Jesus? 
And, and, and you want to do everything you can to reach them, to, to let them know who, who Jesus is. Who is that person? We invited you to let us know who your one was. And at the end of that series, we have 150 names that you have given us that you're praying for and that as a staff and as leaders, we're praying for God to do incredible stuff. Maybe the person you're supposed to be blessing this year is your one. Maybe it's your neighbor. Uh, they've had a tough couple of years. They're broken. They're struggling. They need you to bless them. Maybe it's someone you work with. It's a co-worker and their marriage needs help and it's on life support and, and they just need to be, feel heard. They, they need somebody who can be there for them. Maybe that's the person you're supposed to bless here in 2022. Maybe it's people in this church. Because here's the deal. Uh, sometimes we can think about blessing and we think about blessing others outside this place. Hey, if we don't know how to bless each other in this place, well, we can't bless people outside these walls. And so it may be people in this church, maybe somebody in your neighborhood group. If you're in one of our groups, maybe it's someone in there. You're like, oh, you know what? I, I know that I'm supposed to be blessing that person. But all of us have a person or maybe a couple of people that are in our life. In 2022 may be the year that we need to bless them. And by the way, we don't do this alone. We do this as a church community. We're, we're in this together. But here's the best part of all this. When we have understood what that blessing is, is that God gave to Abraham, and we understand that we've been blessed by Jesus and we follow Christ, and when we let Jesus lead us into these relationships and these moments where we can bless other people, there's really no stopping what we can do. Jesus gives us insights into that in John chapter 15. He says, yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are, in my, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. What if this year Jesus was at the center of our life? And what if this year we said, hey, the relationship I have with God and with Jesus is so important. I'm going to do everything I can to follow Jesus. And I want to do it in such a way that I can bless and love the people around us. Because if you and I do that, if we can focus on those most important assets, those relationships we have with Christ, the relationships we have with people, as Jesus says, the fruit that's going to be produced are changed lives and people that you and I care for and we love because we're spending our time blessing them. We're taking the time to invest in each one of them. And so over the next five weeks, we're going to look at these small things that we can do, these small details that we can do on a daily basis that in the end, if we put these into practice, if we use these to bless other people, it's going to make a huge difference. It's going to make a huge difference in your life. It's going to make a huge difference in, in my life. It's going to make a huge difference in this person who, who we care about and we love and, and we know. Again, whoever that person may be, whoever those people may be. But it begins by us understanding that if we follow Jesus, Man, we have been incredibly blessed. And now it's our turn to bless the lives of others. And over these five weeks, we're going to talk about these specific small things that we can begin to do now 
to, to see that fruit that Jesus talks about here in John.